Hi, I'm Garrett, and welcome to The Conversation. I think conversation is one of the most important tools we have for building and maintaining genuine relationships. In the age of the internet and social media, the conversation is a dying art. While we're technically more connected than ever, it seems more difficult than ever to engage with alternative perspectives in a meaningful way. We talk past each other and speak totally different languages without even knowing it. This show is my attempt at working on that problem. I'm trying to learn how to have meaningful conversation and practice what I learn. It's partly an experiment. Maybe if I start having more difficult conversations, I can get better at it. Maybe we can all get better at it. I don't know how this experiment's going to turn out, but hey, this could be interesting. I think actually the Koreans are high. I think they're Koreans. like, they might like be like second. second okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like Filipinos. You just like Filipinos because you have fond like thoughts when you think of Filipinos. Who do you think of? The, yeah, who, who's the Filipinos that you know? Well, Kalila's a Filipino. <laughs> okay, He's yeah. like, Filipinos um, are really good. <laughs> Filipinos no, they, are hot. They are, I mean, I, good. I, used, I went to school with some. They're really great people. Okay. I mean, they, they, they got good foods. They <laughs> name their, they name crazy names. I don't. I can't think of a Filipino food. Beirut. Be, it's like those like that is. fertilized eggs. I've never tried gross. it, but yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> it sounds good and gross. <laughs> I'd like to try it. Yeah, it's, it's they have interesting. These, it, hmm? it sounds interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. Is that the best you could do though? I mean, yeah. You can't like come up with like. No, I don't know. Where's the Filipino French fry? Uh, they probably just eat French fries. Normal. <laughs> I don't think they know what that is though. They have like. The whole joke is that it's just like a bunch of villages. Right. But yeah. th- that's the thing. That, like always like the village people end up being the ones who like figure out how to make really, really basic ingredients taste really good. Why is Yeah. Like that's what, that's what the whole Anthony Bourdain's thing <laughs> is about. It's like he's like finding all these like weird. But why, why is it that poor people figure it out? Like. Because it's like you. It's just necessary. It's just like they don't have anything else well, to I do. Guess, I guess everyone does. It's just within more restrictions it's better it's like ends up more interesting because it's more restricted probably is it like everyone's just trying to make the best food with what they have if your food already tastes pretty good you're not gonna do much but if your food naturally doesn't taste that good and then you make it taste good you can you might even take it further right you'll like you'll i my my theory is a little different i think that it has to do with (laughs) i think it has to do with um Sorry, I know that was a no and. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I'll, you said a little different, so it's somewhat the it's same. It's a kind of and. Okay, kind of and, yes. But well, I think that's what yes ands are kind of anyways, though. Okay. Yeah, yes <laughs> ands are not. That, that's it's it's not actually yeah. a full affirmation. It's just, okay, yeah, but here's something else that's a little different, and you're kind of wrong, actually, but I'm going to say it as if you're right. Exactly. But I think that like poor people are more um, likely to like band together into a stronger community, and that is likely to produce um, like the the group knowledge, the group consciousness is better at coming up with good recipes than in one individual, maybe. You just want to I don't know if that's, use your whole you, group you think conscious poor thing. people are better at, you, know, you don't think there's a class of rich people that are no, strongly united? No, I think united? rich people are more, more like competitive against each other. Against each other. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know. More. 
I just don't know if there's evidence either way. Like, do you have examples of? I mean, I, 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 it's probably hard to find data on like groups of homeless yeah. people because they're, need, they're not going to participate in studies. I don't or, need scientific, just an anecdote of that would. Yeah, I be mean, a like I, I noticed, like when I was in, in uh, San Diego, seeing all of these, like there's a huge community of heroin users that are all looking out for each other. And it's yeah. like it's a tight community. So, so it's, I, it's much bigger than any community of rich people that I know that actually care about yeah, each other. Yeah, but I'm saying you're not in the community of rich people, so you just don't know that they're a community or not. That's the whole right? thing. Is just, they'll have they, their... They're just going to be behind doors. You're just not going to see it, right? They have their... You just see the heroin addict community because they're <laughs> well, under the My bridge. understanding of rich people is like mostly through movies telling me about the horrible people that rich people are. Well, mm-hmm. they're probably horrible, but they're like together. <laughs> <laughs> they're in it like, together. you know, like the it's sex island, like with Weinstein and all that. Mm-hmm. Like they're exactly. all there together. They're all <laughs> exactly. Curating their pedophilic urges to a to a fine taste. <laughs> what better similar... community than that, though? Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's one way to really bring people together. Like, don't tell anybody, or else we're all going down. Yeah, lots I'm going to rat on you. But I mean, to some extent, that's that's the same principle that's holding the communities together at the bottom too. It's like it's necessity. Mm-hmm. But the difference is like. Well, what's the difference? <laughs> now, now that we've painted this picture, I just I, I think that people always will relate the most across classes or in within a class. All like always, that's going to be a sort of yeah. And then it's us community. against them. That's part of it. I think I think you're you're right. Like there might be. The, I mean, I think psychopaths would skew to be, or or incredibly rich people would skew to be more likely to be a psychopath, which would probably ruin the communities a little bit or like it would just make it more of like a community theater of sorts They're just playing community yeah well the 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 problem that shows up for me is just that like you if you have a smaller limit to the number of people that are that are, that possibly can participate in a community the richest person there can only be, you know, this much above everybody else. And so even if you have somebody who's like really crazy and psychopathic and they're like literally all they care about is doing one thing, they don't sort of outpace everybody by such an unreasonable amount that nobody could ever catch up with them. Nobody could ever like, Yeah, if if it gets to be too big of a disparity, I know I'm kind of just jumping here. This is just what I, what I was processing today. But like mm-hmm. the idea of like the difference between a small community and having somebody who gets extremely rich in it or extremely powerful in it, the community there, there's still a possibility for a cohesive a cohesion in that community to come and like pull that person back down and say, "All right, we're we're done with you." Mm-hmm. Like the the distributed power of like all the people else in the community versus the one person at the top, like. If there's actually more, um, more power, if they all come together, then they're, then they're able to bring that person down as opposed to another situation where it's like you have a, a psychopathic person that's so focused on one particular occupation that they rise above everybody in the entire world to the point that there's like there's no possibility of a cohesive group coming up and pulling them down. There's not like I mean, like within the ape and bonobo structures of society, it's like if, if somebody gets really if, if the leader is being a dick, everybody just mm-hmm. kills him. Mm-hmm. And then they get a new leader, mm-hmm. but is the, you can get to a point. It seems like you can get to a point in society if if it's too big, where like 
it's almost impossible to at least, at least from a totally bottom-up level, like bring everybody together and cycle out that leader. Why does it seem like that? <laughs> I just don't think it seems like I, I don't think the power of the people at the top can ever be greater than the sum of the you know the area under the the graph right okay so yeah so there's two different possibilities for, for that it's like either either you can get either it's just not the case that that you know that you can't actually have more power than than all the people accumulated together that's just not possible mm-hmm. um so so maybe you're right maybe I, I give you that but even if that's the case and it just it just would require everybody to gather together and be a cohesive entity and bring down that thing that's not likely to be a, be possible in like I, I mean this is really abstract. Like talking about literally the richest people in the world right now, and regular people. I mean, I, I guess we're. I'm pointing to myself and us as regular, but like we're in the top ten percent or top five percent or something like that of richest people in the world. I think. <laughs> I think we're top one percent, probably. Top one percent, actually. I don't know. I don't know. that out there. That, that's, that's hey, weird... Jamie. <laughs> that that would be good to be able to pull up. But, but I'm Jamie. Yeah, this is the the main thing that I wanted to try to talk about today was this this feeling, and I'm not sure if it's just a really personal feeling, but I I think it's I think it's something a lot of people sense is just like the feeling of powerlessness within the current world, and I don't like it's not just specifically to do with finances. It's not. It's like to me, I think about it in just about every sort of community that I can participate in that has, especially that has to do with the internet, because that's where you get this huge, you know everybody's involved and so it's very difficult to like figure out how to make progress without doing really expedient sort of hacks rather than just like creating things truthfully yeah i just think we are blind to the power that we do have or we we focus on the power that we don't have too much like when when you first brought this up i my first response is like the problem of distribution what problem right (laughs) like what's uh, like and and obviously like I'm not, I do th- see that it could. I, I believe in somewhat redistributive measures, um, but yeah, I don't see. Uh, I, I I don't. I, I think that Kanye says they made us hate. Our, they made us hate ourselves and love their wealth, right? Which is hate I, ourselves I think ourselves and love their wealth. That's love their wealth, yeah. right? And I I think that that's it. It's like it's just a focus. Like if you. Focus on what you are capable, what you can do. It's probably more than what you, you know, would think you could do if you just focus on what you couldn't do. It's just a, a matter of what we focus on. Yeah, I mean, I, I fully, I mean, I think that's a really valuable perspective. But I think that there's, there is, there must be a key point where the scales have tipped too far, and now, like, you know, it's time for a revolution or something like that. And I'm not saying. I necessarily think that's the moment we're at in the world and mm-hmm. we just need to like destroy all of our current leaders in like anarchy. I, well, we don't have to do that. There's naturally built-in equalizers. There's like death and then there's, um, I guess, inheritance and we, we try to equalize that institutionally. But I think naturally that equalizes itself with squander. So... <laughs> True, yeah. but uh, the well, even death though is not a. Pr- it doesn't work very well as a leveler when the rate of change and the rate of accumulation so drastically sprawls out of 
out of proportion to the lifespan of a person. Like previous points in history, death that that makes kind of mm-hmm. it worked a little bit better. It's like okay, and I mean even you can. I'm not even sure if it, if it worked perfectly because there's plenty of examples of like very tyrannical, just like kingdom or lordships or mm-hmm. things like that. But it's like serfdoms. Um, or what's, what, what was in Russia? What was it called? It was like serfs and um, the, I don't know. There, there was some, there's some name of the. Well, they had like, they had multiple. They had the czars for the czar, a long that's the word time. Before, yeah. yeah. Which it really is, means Caesar. Oh, okay. Czar Interesting. means czar, Caesar. Okay, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if 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 death doesn't happen quick enough, you have to figure out other ways. Basically, that people just get mad enough that they want to kill you. Yeah, we'll, we'll make, we can make <laughs> natural death doesn't doesn't do the trick anymore. It's like mm-hmm. we, we're figuring out more and more ways of extending our stay mm-hmm. on almost every every level of society. It's like you don't have to. Um, we're able to spend more and more time in bed or more and more time in any particular job or any particular leisure activity because it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, I'm kind of confusing convenience into this problem too. And I think it ties in somewhere. Well, but, yeah, it's, it's being conservative can be lazy because you just don't want to do the effort to, you know, vet the possible uh, solutions or improvements, I guess. Right. Like, I think we have, I think we do have overly conservative institutions. Um, and part of that probably stems from laziness. I think, I think, like, I probably trace a lot of societal issues back to education and motivation. Back to education? Mo- uh, ed- education that motivates. I don't, I don't, I think we lack a m- motivational education because I think we've you, had a. How would you motivate people? So I, I think we've had, I think with like the humanities, poetry, English, um, philosophy. That's I think fundamentally something that's supposed to like inspire you to exactly. want to break the mold and yeah. like reach for something. So what, what we had was we had a rich, you know, I don't know when and I'm not a historian to really back this up, but my theory is we had a rich. Um, humanities education and then those people became the foundation of the sciences but then we looked at their what they um, you know the value they brought to society through science and we only saw the science part and we didn't see the humanities education that was the motivated them, of, right, right, right? Right, right and so then we're like oh if we just invest everything in this science stuff then we'll have you know we'll just be able to continue this growth indefinitely yeah. and we uh, tip the scales too far and neglected uh, what motivates you to... Well, we, we confuse the tool with like the thing using the tool and, and you get yeah, to the point exactly. like you ask the tool what it wants and it says nothing. It's like mm-hmm. that, then we end up with just this super horrible yeah. nihilism that, that we're trying to figure out how to deal with now. It's like well, that, that's because you, you asked the tool that like religion was using what it was mm-hmm. wanted to do. And it's like, well, I'm just a tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a really good post. I think that... that I really did just conflate religion and humanities, but I think that's, I think that's a reasonable yeah. conflation. No, I, I, I think they're... I don't know. I think they're fundamentally they're, about the, the same thing. They're the thing. same thing. I, I was going to say I think religion is part of humanities, um, but I don't know if that's... I, would, I think I would argue the, other, the opposite. Yeah. I, think, I think religion is something that should sort of... It's just the structure of like your life. It's like, well, mm-hmm. do you, 
and your practices. Like it's this, it's the structures and it's the art. It's just yeah. like a whole life. Well, yeah. So like I, calling it a thing is kind of even. No, that's it's what like, I think, it's just life. <laughs> I think the the colloquial meaning that people would put in onto religion would be part of humanities. But I think right. what I know you and I to understand religion as would be the category that humanities fit under. But I right. don't think that's a commonly understood <laughs> definition of it. I guess. Yeah. Like religion is is a label put on very specific practices. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think that actually science, we, we've tried to make science the religion, um, but it's, it's so ultimately to, to track those steps back to where we just were, you're saying science kind of makes way for laziness because science doesn't actually ask you to like search for, I mean, there's like romantic scientists mm -hmm. like Carl Sagan or like even people who are like, yeah, like, or, or even Elon Musk. It's like, you know, we, we got to move forward. We got to go like conquer space. Yeah. And, and that, that's maybe scary. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe we're supposed to do that. I don't know. Well, I those really people thought about... have found the motivation for themselves. Right. Right. But we, we Science don't, didn't tell we them don't, to yeah, we don't do have that. a good that's institution just... for delivering motivation generationally. Right. Um, because that's I, what I'm, I mean by laziness would be lack of motivation. Right. Well, and so laziness, you can, you can tie to motivation, you can tie to like artistic inspiration and tie to conservativeness, I think. And that, that was what you were originally doing. You were talking about science, scientism and conservatism, or it's just like, mm -hmm. unless you, uh, this is true of the way brains work, this is true of the way everything works, but maybe the brain's a good, good example. It's just like, okay, when you think the same thing a, a couple of times, you start to myelinate particular passage in your in your brain you, you like basically if you're to like think of it in terms of like sand in the beach and like there's different nodes you could connect you pour water between one little path to one place and you get there a couple times that the groove gets deeper mm -hmm. and in order to push yourself out of that and like continue discovering new and interesting paths and new and interesting destinations you either have to become like disgusted with your current path or you have to become inspired to like seek out the beauty of a new path. Yeah, that requires a, a force. Which is fundamentally like heaven and hell. Like we, ha we, have, we have an idea within religion that's like, okay, if you, if you just live the way you are, if you just live in sin and if you're lazy, then hell comes. Mm -hmm. But you're actually supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. right? Or, I mean, just, but art does that too. Just like poetry things, like they, they break your heart and they, mm -hmm. they make you want to like step outside of the little groove that you're stuck in and, and move on into something deeper. So it's partially just sort of a de decline of art or are you want to like literally just say we just decided to overinvest in, in science and that's kind of what fucked us. <laughs> yeah. We, we, well, we just, we've lost sight of what motivated us um, to use the tools. We, we had these great tools and we started worshiping the tools, right? And the tools stopped working because something needs to work the tools. So what about all the depressed artists then? What about them? Or like, why are they depressed? There's, they, they did the humanities. They, they got, uh, they should have meaning. They should be inspired. Well, I mean, I as like an artist, yeah. I, I just feel like, I think this is, the reason I wanted to talk about this is just like, I feel like I don't have enough power to like, push things out of their, out of the, the rut that they've fallen into. And it's like, I feel like there's this huge disconnect between me and the, you know, I feel like I don't want to get stuck in like the Marxist way of like phrasing it, but like this class struggle of like, okay, there's us and then there's the people who are like in charge of things. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think 
Well, I, I think there, there must be a part of me that really believes that, but there's another part of me that really doesn't think that that's the best way of, of viewing it. But Well, no, I, th- I think that is a, the right response as an artist to say we have, we have um, overly conservative institutions that aren't properly doing the assessment of what's should, what should stay and what should go. Well, I guess... Like we almost don't have anything that's not truly conservative, because that would be the thing that was doing the assessment. So no, nothing, everything is is stuck. And as individuals, as you know, artists specifically, but really all individuals, if you recognize this, your job would be to find the motivation for yourself and then try to motivate other people. So, like I don't, I don't. Again, when it comes to power, like I don't think you should desire more power than you have. I think you have power to motivate people around you, and you should just use that with how you have it. And then if you're good at motivating people, you'll probably get more power to motivate people. You'll probably get more opportunities. I don't know if you're necessarily motivating people or telling them what they want to hear. Like Some people are in power because they're well-spoken, right? If you have a good demeanor and you're got good charisma well then then that's what i'm saying so they were seeking power in an institution that first of all vetted you to see how much you would change right and then they're like okay this guy would change too much or this guy doesn't want to change very much so we'll let him in um or if they're willing to change due to uh bribery then they'll be accepted yeah, <laughs> if you want to be cynical, like, but I, I think the bribery is really f- secretly for for things to stay the same or yeah, for sure. grow. I guess in a in a well, if you're in static the, sense, if you're in the position where you can bribe a politician, then you're probably in a position where you're happy with things as they are, and you don't want them to make some regulation that affects you. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Well, is this a good spot for a beer break? Yeah, <laughs> right. beer, matter of whiskey. I'm just, I, I guess I want to hear more about what you actually think the problem is. Yeah. He thinks that you can't make a change in government because politicians uh, don't really change anything. Mm-hmm. But I think we all think that. Mm-hmm. I think you, you have to wonder why they don't, I guess. Because they're not, in, they're incentivized to stay. Like I don't know. I've heard all these arguments and these gripes before. Probably Eric Weinstein even. Of like, politicians aren't incentivized to change things because it makes sense for them to keep things how they are mm-hmm. for the no, sake of the people. Who nobody's motivated in. to take the risks. So to improve things would be to take a risk. Yeah. Right. That's what Andrew Yang said. Like what? Yeah. Oh, and and, politicians. and 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 whether there's an like how much risk we should be taking, I think is up for debate, and that that would be the purpose of a functional political system, right? Is is to have those discussions. You have a conservative and a liberal position about you know this is the argument why we shouldn't change this, and this is the argument why we should, and you know we need to have those discussions, um, and if we're but but we need a motivated we we need people motivated to try and make changes uh and i don't know if we actually have that well if people like motivated to make the changes are social media influencers 
<laughs> they're not even motivated to make change. They're, they're well, motivated. They're motivated. <laughs> the, the social media influencers are, are, are motivated to... Well, the change you make is you click the link in their bio, and then there's all the different uh, resources for you to read about. Well, it's so th- it, the system has kind of got out of our hands a little bit to the point where, and I guess it always sort of is, but it's like we've all sort of been in, in, complicit in the construction of a system that like that encourages you, if you want power, if you want to become influential, to basically sell out. So, I mean, if you want to be the top YouTuber, it's like you need to do something interesting. But by interesting, I really just mean outrageous or uh, show a lot of skin or uh, spend a lot of money. Just be, um, what's the word, like... Which I, Maybe we're conflating wealth with power. Right, because I I think actually we give people wealth um, on the condition that they agree to not exercise power. <laughs> right. Okay. Interesting. So like they can they can buy things, but like we don't want them to shake things up very much. Right. We we are very critical of. We, um, you're saying we choose who gets. Like we give them wealth just because we want the expedient thing that they're offering, not because yeah. like we've decided that they deserve it. I mean, I, I guess impli- yeah, but implicitly, the expedience is is the um, is their commitment to uh, I don't know to to not do much, right? <laughs> to not change, to not challenge me. I guess I like I pay you to like back off and like leave me alone, basically. It's like don't don't make me uncomfortable, make me feel good, and I'll pay you. Um, but that that isn't. Th- we give them wealth, but that's hardly power because we require them to not challenge us too much. Yeah, but the whole thing, like I said, is if you have more wealth, you have the ability to manipulate the things around you more. Do you though? Like, how if do you, you do if that? you don't like so something, it, you can just it buy it and that change it. We've become rich enough that we can influence our reality to uh, make it very easy for us to be extremely conservative because that's the most, like, being conservative or at least like, conserving your own lifestyle and having things stay the same the way that they are for you is, like, that's the, sort of the most desirable thing for, at least the most comfortable thing for everybody. So it's like, if we all have the money to do it, that's that's what expedience or that's what the temptation is, is for us to, like, just invest in things that, that tell us to stay exactly the same way as we are. I think the tangible example, I feel like Elon Musk like said he bought all these houses around his house because he didn't want them to change or something. Or like he didn't want oh, people yeah. to move into them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great example. That's so crazy. I think I actually remember it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's insane. But yeah, that's fundamentally though, that's that's what it allows you to do is that if you have... So I, I I wasn't expecting to go here either. That the, the idea that like it may be the case that that we're m- making it impossible for ourselves to change because we've invested in us in in not changing. Like all of us have been implicit or, mm-hmm. or, or complicit in that endeavor. We were just like we built a reality around us. We wanted this. We wanted you know we wanted media and we wanted institutions that basically just let us be exactly the same way that we are. But in indirectly, we gave again. I, I, I'm still kind of going back to this power thing of like, like there's there's still certain people at the top that are like doing the same things that we are, 
but because they're above us, they're doing things that are expedient for them, but not so much for us. And then we're like, hey, we don't, I don't want you to do that. It's only okay when I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, like that. That was, I think, the brilliance of Trump was he was exactly. It was a mirror of America, and America hated him. But that's just like, well, like, this is what you get. As the man this in is the you. Mirror. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's exactly it. Like our, our. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to rage against. A, a rich class of people that mm-hmm. is really acting the same way we would be. Right. You want to rage against the machine, but you can't because you're part of the machine. You're yeah. a cog. <laughs> <laughs> and and the ways, the ways that you aren't, are I guess subtle, um, and and generally not. Um, I don't know. Not escal. Not not. Um, seen by society. The ways in which we motivate people are not glamorous, yep. right? Okay, this is this is one of the other, other other angles of this, though, is that as a sort of, as we sort of participate in society, we don't primarily do it on, I guess I can't point to everybody and say we just don't do this, but I, I think that the rise of the internet is encouraging us not to pay as much attention to participating in our society and our government on a local level so much as because and again it becomes about i guess we've gone into this yet but it becomes about status and about like how to like get the most bang for your buck in in investing your time socially and so like if you want to have the most people giving you the most positive attention you talk about the issue that's the easiest to get the correct answer on to the largest number of people so you go on social media and you advocate for a social issue or for a political a politician, not a local politician, but a national one, because then you get the likes of everybody, and, and it's all about getting those likes. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody. You, that's why we naturally right. create a binary. Right. Because the most people that anyone can appeal to is, is half. half. Yeah. <laughs> right? If, if, if you have to appeal to someone as opposed to someone else, then we have to, we get forced into, um, into just like disagreements just into me versus you imagine both parties became so conservative that they elected the same person well what do you think what do you think trump versus biden is right i guess yeah right that is i think that is sort of where we are oh yeah we already both of the parties are extremely conservative there is no liberal party yeah that's i don't know he might give us them them weed over there though might give us the yeah, but weed. Like, that there is not. That is a fake liberal agenda, right? Right. That it's, is a it's conservative just a thing. Yeah, it's like oh, we it's all already smoke like, weed. Well, now it's legal. Yeah. What changed? <laughs> it's, it's nothing. Disney <laughs> making the new in-person Mulan like to just sort of virtue signal that hey, we're like empowering women and Asian people. Yeah, it's it's a fake move of progress. It's not real. And, and it's it wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with them doing that if it was like a good like they were making an effort to like tell the story well and that that by extension it was empowering to everybody involved and and the sorts of people that the story advocates for but it was literally just it like as far as far as i've heard anyways i guess i can't critic critic critique that movie that that precisely because i haven't actually watched it i've listened to a really good critic pick it apart though and i agreed with him (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and but that's just like also just to say on the other examples like i'm not opposed to the legalization of marijuana but it's like <laughs> funny that you would bring that up as the example of oh we did this one thing yeah. they're doing this one thing it's like i think trump actually was also for that so 
it's not. Yeah, it's, in certain ways, in, in certain ways that are important to me, it's it's like it's frustrating to see that like the the conservative candidate was in some ways more liberal than the liberal candidate. Yeah, because there's more. Inst- I mean, that, I I don't know. That's that's a pretty backwards thing to say, and it would take some time to defend. But I think I think we can maybe defend it. <laughs> yeah, we but, don't even okay. have to. Don't have to. <laughs> we all agree. So <laughs> everyone here agrees. Okay. The, the 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 reason I wanted to like the reason I labeled this on the calendar discussion of the Pareto problem, which you know that's not like a coined word already. I'm trying to coin that word as if as if it's a real phrase. Pareto, Pareto, the Pareto problem? problem, right? Because it, it sounds kind of catchy, right? Mm-hmm. The Pareto it's a, problem. It's a alliteration. Yeah. yeah. But the reason I think is, I mean, like we. We are all are familiar with Pareto distribution. It's essentially that like um, the guy in first place is going to have twice as much power or twice as much stuff as the person in second place, and three times as much stuff as the guy in third place, four times as much stuff as the guy in fourth place, and so on. Similar, I mean, Vsauce has a video about it too. He calls it like zip, the zip something. But the, yeah, the, like Pareto discovered it. Um, the guy Ziff, Zip found it in a whole different bunch of different places. Mm-hmm. Apparently, actually, Pareto didn't discover it. It was some Indians, Indian mathematicians, a long time ago figured it out way, way earlier than him. But well, he took credit because he coined it. Mathematically, it's 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 yeah. it's about discovering it. It's not about yeah. inventing it, right? About uh, yeah. discovering well, discovering the mathematical distribution of it. But there's like older principles about um, right the Matthew principle yeah, and stuff exactly. like that earlier. Right. Yeah. I just I just thought of. Uh, the example of Mario Kart, mm-hmm. where the guy in first place, like when you're in first but you're close to everyone else, yep. you're at a disadvantage because you get the worst right. stuff and everyone's right behind you, could shoot you. But once you get like half a lap ahead of everyone, yeah, it's like a significant you get all advantage. those defensive items and you can just like hang out. I here. just can't wait for like the politician <laughs> to propose the, the blue shell tax <laughs> policy. Well, that's I mean, we already are sort of doing that and like. <laughs> I don't even know if that is potentially the right way to, to fix it. But okay, as far as laying out what I think the problem might be. So obviously Pareto distribution is in nature. It's in every system. Inequality, I mean, I, the book I was reading today was trying to argue that there are certain human societies that have like been made like a really huge effort, even like tribal hunter-gatherers, um, tribes, tr- tribal hunter-gatherers. There are hunter-ga- hunter-gatherer tribes that are like extremely egalitarian, like mm-hmm. sort of by choice, so that's interesting. I don't. I'm int- I, I would actually be interested to talk about whether or not that's scalable on any level. But it's interesting that some some stable traditions have survived with that. But seemingly, in almost every uh, social animal group, and every country, every every thing to ever exist, even non. I mean, if you watch the Vsauce video, it's like it doesn't even have to be conscious things. Mm-hmm. Just things. Things tend to arrange themselves in Pareto distributions. Which is, which is crazy. It's like you you have a conversation, and if you were to to do the statistics on the words that you use, there's like a there's a word that you use most, and it's going to be it's it, they're going to distribute like that. It's like the, the word you use most is used twice as much as the words you use second most, and three times as much as the word you use three third most, and you get mm-hmm. kind of this little curve. Um, but yeah, it's it's the math principle, which is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and just hearing that is like obviously that sounds like a sucky th- way for things to go, and 
it seems to me that there's there's something beyond that where the rich get so rich and so disconnected from the poor that the only solution is like a ca- catastrophic destabilization of the system where it has to sort of reset and and a little bit more like i i don't think it's it's um it's insane for like i mean the way that distribution just laid out it's like okay second place has I have to think about it. sets of numbers or something like that. Okay, so first place has 10 points, second place has five, mm-hmm. and third place has three, fourth place has two, uh, or 2.5, and fifth place has two. It's like those differentials are not massive, mm-hmm. and like it's like comparable to each person who's like one step ahead of you or one step behind you that you don't feel like you're in a totally different sphere. It's like you can, you can maybe, maybe you could make it up. You could get in second place next. Maybe you could get, like, if you're in fourth place, maybe you could get in third place next, next race, as long as the game's iterative. It's like, th- that doesn't seem like a crazy distribution as far as even, like, a competitive analysis. But it's like, okay, if you get to the point where, and, I, okay, i got to introduce one, one more word, the Gini coefficient, right? Mm-hmm. Which, do you remember how this works, Evan? Gini coefficient? It's okay, I'll, I'll go over it real quick. It's the, the gap between them, right? Yeah, I know how it works, but for the listeners. <laughs> for the listeners. For the listeners. We, we, Evan knows how it works, too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, we all don't know even how it works. explain it. <laughs> Just explain <laughs> it for the listeners. <laughs> so, Gini coefficient is a way of measuring, um, measuring uh, inequality in systems. And basically, if everybody has the exact same amount of whatever good it is that is being distributed, then the Gini coefficient is zero. Mm-hmm. If one person has everything and everybody else has nothing, the Gini coefficient is one. So it can be represented in terms of, of percentage, or you can just do like, you know, point. Even though depending point. how many people are in the system, if one person has one and everyone else has nothing, it's almost equal. <laughs> right. right. Well, so that's why it's actually important to have two different systems of measuring, um, measuring in inequity, inequality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's there's... Gini coefficient, which is like relative um, inequality, and then there's uh, what's it called, actual or um, I think it's actual. Uh, it's a different. It's an it's another a word. It's oh. <laughs> anyway, something like that. There's, there's like actual inequality of like mm-hmm. okay, like numerical inequality is maybe another way of understanding it. So, so if you know we have a, a Gini coefficient of that, that, that's Similarly, oh, okay, here's a good example. So if I have two marbles and you have 10 marbles, uh, there's a difference between us of eight marbles. But there's a um, relational difference of like, you know, four to, four to, to one, mm-hmm. right? So if you put it in a fraction, you have four times as much as I have. But you only have six more marbles than me. That's not, not that much of a big mm-hmm. deal. If we have the same relational difference, but suddenly I have 200 marbles and you have 800 marbles, you have 600 more marbles than me. And that is a, it's like, it just, it looks bigger. And it actually, as far as even what you're able to do with it, you're able to do more things with it. Like that, that's a much more noticeable and a much more meaningful difference, despite the fact that our relational um, inequality hasn't changed at all. Right? So like, it, it, it's still a four to one, mm-hmm. right? You still have four times as much as me but you also have 600 more marbles than me. Exactly. You can do a lot more with 600 more marbles. I mean, you can do a lot with 600 marbles. I mean, I can I think just, of I don't know if a you lot. can. And I think that's actually... <laughs> I, I think that maybe you, you can't do that much with more 
wealth, like not even money, but wealth than what we think. I think you're, I, I think wealth represents power. I think it does in a, a good not job real it, way. Though. Like you literally can control your environment. You can affect. Yeah, but you, you can, can control con the things you don't like. You can control your money environment a lot. Everybody. The thing is, if the too. prices don't reflect the fact, like, so if the if the market is sort of set by, you know, most people have two hundred marbles, and so we have set the prices for people who have two hundred marbles, and it's like, okay, well, now the person with six hundred marbles, he has the potential to like totally dominate that market and do whatever he wants with it. He can he can buy out a business and then make it into something else that he wants. But like, if it's literally is okay. There's a difference between us. I have two marbles and you have eight marbles. It's like there's only f six actions that you can do with those, or, or maybe there's only three actions that you can do that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So in relationship to where we were at, it's like even though re relationally we don't have, a, there's not a, a bigger difference between 200 and 800 and 2 and 8. It's just that within a system that's based around mm -hmm. different prices and, and, and different potential actions you could do with those things, that does matter. But the the... the the requirement of control over your environment probably diminishes at some point too, right? So there's an amount of money that is enough to control your environment enough, right? That's like, all right, right. This so you is have okay. disposable income after a certain point. Is that is that what you're talking about, or he's saying sure. you can't control it as much past a certain point where it's like does it change? Okay. Well, you, you know, the the um, the control based on there's your control limit. of your own. I don't know, drives doesn't matter as much. Like there's like things that I can just deal with. It's like maybe I, if I had more, I would do something else, but it's like not motivating enough to try and get more. What do you, do you have an example? Cause I don't know if I'm following. Yeah. It's like, like the amount of hours I have to do work to get to the job that I that I would need to like live in like a mansion outside of Toronto is to me, actually, I just don't think it's worth it. I can live pretty good in Brantford for less hours and I don't want to do that. Right. And so I can control my environment just enough by the amount, by, by doing, you know, just enough to get the amount that I know I'm okay with. So another dimension of that, that I thought about is the perception it's probably true to some extent that rich people don't get convicted of the law to the same extent. Like, if you have the best lawyers, mm -hmm. you can just... Well, it may... Yeah, so this is maybe where the sort of the class distinction thing becomes a useful thing. So mm -hmm. if, if the difference, if the actual or the numerical difference in our, our wealth or our power is only six units mm -hmm. as opposed to 600 we might be in the same class. Mm -hmm. So there's still the same restrictions that apply to us, even though, again, re fractionally, mm -hmm. relationally, you have, you have four times as much as I do. It doesn't matter because we're still sort of governed by the same laws. There's a point where you break out of that into a new level of, okay, you're above the law, mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you actually have influence in these spheres or whatever. Mm -hmm. And <sighs> But I see, I guess this is where my belief in... Uh, metaphysical laws come in because okay. I don't think you can ever be above the law of God. Sure. I guess in a sense, so like you can do whatever you want in this world. Good luck, right? I mean, are you falling back on the afterlife, or you just mean that like eventually your consequences are going to catch up with you? Are you or uh, I'm I'm certainly not talking about this world karma. So 
I don't know if I'd call it the afterlife, but I think there are, uh, I think you have a, uh, you, you, you are, you can damage your soul, I guess I'd say. Well, that's all well and good for your soul getting damaged, but all the people whose lives are damaged <laughs> in the meantime are probably a little pissed off if your actions are affecting them. Sure. But I mean, Christ got crucified and I don't think he was too pissed off about it. And I think he's the example, right? <laughs> Okay, so okay. I, I I had a feeling we were going to get here, but seeing as you've introduced Christ, okay, how how do you see how do you see the Christian story solving this problem? Well, I see the Christian story as saying your experiences. I don't know. It, it does. I think I don't think I actually totally understand it because it doesn't say that your experiences are meaningless, but in a way it says that. I don't know. It says experiences that, of suffering. You mean? Yeah, like I, I guess any of it. like yeah, like like death. Death doesn't mean nothing. And actually, because in the story, it means one, it's one of the most important parts of the story, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's it's not to say it's meaningless, but it's it's uh, it's it doesn't. It's not like a checkmate. There's no checkmate in death. Well, the thing about chess is that it's a game that you don't just play once. Too. So even if it's checkmate, it's like it doesn't matter because there's, exactly. there's more games. I guess, yeah. So I think that's a Christian game then. <laughs> right. It's an iterative <laughs> game. Yeah. This is, you only play it once if you got really sad, though. That happens too. When I beat you. Play, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know, though. Even when, usually when we play chess, if you beat me, I just get really mad and I keep on playing like angrily and I keep losing because I'm so frustrated. You get more angry. <laughs> Sure. And which is, is a, it's, it's the cruel Matthew principle added again. It's like once you lose, you're just going to lose mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> okay, so but how does that? I mean, plugging. F- I, I think we're going to have to try to figure out. I mean, that that's fundamentally. I agree that I think that the Christian religion it should solve all our problems. It claims to, or at least mm-hmm. in some way. So, but I'm trying to figure out how what I know of those stories and what I know of like what this tradition teaches me, how I can at least interpret a little bit of that into this problem because it seems like it's a... I guess it's just the, the formulation as a problem. Like, do you mean when you say solve the problem, is your expectation to flatten? No, no. I, so, I mean, it's like I said, I, I don't think that Pareto distribution, when it's, I mean, so like as far as like zip distribution even, mm-hmm. like specifically being that, that what I first laid out, I think th- I'm kind of using Pareto to generally talk about the principle of more, maybe it's more the Matthew principle. It's just that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. There's a particular point where maybe maybe it's past Pareto distribution. I, I'm not fundamentally against inequality. I think that's mm-hmm. inequality is like a sign of specialization. But like there's a, there's a point where it becomes there's such radical inequality that I mean people intuitively are frustrated by inequality. They're like this sucks. Why is this like this? And I mean, I, I can I, see. I don't know if I don't know if that's a, a timeless intuition. Oh, I think so. I I, th- I think everybody wants to be the big A, probably. I well, m- maybe I mean it's yeah. So maybe everybody wants to be the big A. So maybe it's it's like it can be a smaller feeling. But I, I think there, there's a fun there's a, there's a particular point where it's like okay, I'm frustrated enough that I don't have power. It's usually because the system is doing something that like is not benefiting me. Mm-hmm. radically yes yeah, so, well for the big like you, i'm saying people aren't frustrated by inequality um 
as a as a concept <laughs> and then you you respond well people want to be the big ape that is they're just frustrated by their position in the inequality they're not they, they would they, they don't want to get rid of the inequality they just want to be in a different unequal position right, right. yeah exactly right so yeah so I, i'm i'm not against unequal inequality mm-hmm. but i think that there's an, an amount of inequality that everyone would be against and would have a visceral response <laughs> that this is like this is too much and i don't want to play this game anymore and I mean, like, I think it relates back to the um, Jack Punksep, the neurologist, neuro, neuropsychologist, I think actually neuropsychologist, uh, with, the, with the rats. You know, mm-hmm. he, he did the experiments where like having like the, the, the really uh, strong rat mm-hmm. had to let the really weak rat, the little small rat, win at least one out of every three or four games that they wrestled in order for the, because it wanted the, the small rat to continue to play with it. Mm-hmm. But somehow it seems like that, so like that's sort of a natural balancing act that just kind of occurs. It's like, okay, we, mm-hmm. we realize that people aren't going to be willing to play the games unless you let them win a little bit, like have some other power. But it seems that there's like within within our society, within a lot of these, so I mean, the particular places I wanted to point to was like, okay, politically, I feel like I, I feel sort of powerless uh, within the mu- musical arts scene. I feel kind of frustrated that I like, there's a, there's an extent to which it's just like, there's there's no way of, of breaking past a certain wall without doing things that I kind of feel like I'm lying to do. Like I I, I don't want to just play cover songs. It feels like wrong to me. Um, I mean th- those are those are two points, but it's just like okay. Um, I, I made a little list earlier. I guess those are the two ones that, that bother me the most. Mm-hmm. So like instead I, of a big rat who's letting you win, sometimes you got a cat just grabbing you and flinging you around. Right, it's, it's the difference between like a a people who are like consciously deciding to participate in the same situ- in the same community, and so the guy in first place is, is letting you win a little some of the mm-hmm. time, so that way you keep playing, versus a literal predator prey situation. I just like how much what how much expectation, how much political control do you expect to have, <laughs> right? With like the amount of people that are participating in the same space as you. I think it's, and this is what I was thinking about earlier, is that I think it's probably just that I'm I'm told about a story too much of the time that I have no influence over. The story that it's most expedient to participate in is the national or international story. Yep. But that's the one that's like the most disconnected from my immediate life. Yeah. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating to be told a story about something going wrong all the time and then to consciously realize you can't do fuck all about it. Yeah, and and that to tie back to my first point, I think that is actually fundamentally the problem is that you're those things are not as much of a problem as you're focusing on them. So <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah, I, it's like maybe you should be a little frustrated that you don't have a much, has enough power in a group of millions of people, but right. then you should quickly get over that and yeah. do something else, <laughs> right? But how how does this like it's like I think. It's possible to have somebody, have a good friend tell you to do that, like you're doing, you're telling me right now. And I think when I'm listening to my better senses, I tell myself that too. But all of the other voices that we surround ourselves with don't do that. And every time that we spend time, you know, even just like we're trying to strike up a conversation with a friend we haven't talked to in a little while, or even just on a weekly basis, it's like the stories that crowd our conversations still tend to be these, these you know, mm-hmm. I, I would call them sort of parasitic stories that just make their way in and don't contribute 
any inspiration to your like immediate like you have to do a lot of translation to like break that story down into what you can actually do about it because it's so far away mm-hmm. from your influence. And, and yeah, so there's a few people, we call them politicians, that focus on doing that work, right? So like I, I guess I wouldn't say to say like, yeah, so stop thinking about that. There's some people that need <laughs> to actually think mostly about that and that's why we have, you know, those people. Um, yeah, I think maybe it's a problem that we have so many shallow relationships that we quickly rely on these. I think it makes us vulnerable to these parasitic stories. Um, Do you think it's almost sort of like, it's not actually the case that things are so unequal that like we have no influence over the things that are most meaningful to us. We're just been lied to about what's most meaningful to us. Yeah. They made us hate ourselves and love their wealth. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that's, that's exactly what I think. Yes. (laughs) Comes full circle. Kanye is the prophet. That's what I think. Yeah, I learned it from Kanye. Yeezy taught me. <laughs> Yeezy taught. Me. Listen to the teachings of Jesus, and he will teach you everything you need to know. The prophet, great mm-hmm. prophet Yandi, Jesus. Peace be upon him. <laughs> Peace. Be Good. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I think that's. I think I agree with that, but. I, yeah, I, I. And I think like How? trying to facilitate uh, healthier relationships is just actually something you have more power over than you realize. And I, I believe in, you know, spreading that message. You can just do that. Okay. I, I think so. I think that actually feels like a pretty, um, that sits pretty well for me for the solution of like, getting caught up in the the national political scale story that mm-hmm. that actually helps me to process that a little bit but there's still a more fundamental general problem of um like like i said it's, it's like we sort of built the system we were Im- implicit in in building these structures that mm-hmm. encourage us to stay the way that we are um how do we prevent getting there like how, how do we stop these sorts of situations from happening? Because it seems like, I mean, historically, the pattern I see is that things build themselves up until they get to a critical point where they become like, and I think the best way of describing it is that they're, they're too conservative or too prideful or too self-obsessed. Mm-hmm. They have too big of an ego. Um, so that's four different ways of describing it. But mm-hmm. that they they shut down. They They either somebody... It's like, I mean, it's sort of the tithe thing again. It's like if you continue to encourage yourself to spread out and, and go into new territory and stay inspired by your artists and pay your tribute to, to you know, patronize your artists, you, you pay them to, to keep inspiring your people and to mm-hmm. keep on searching out past the bounds of the way you've been doing things. It's good. It's just that, like, that's, that's not the primary incentive of a structure. A structure is to sort of maintain itself. But, mm-hmm. like, I mean, to go back to the Christian stories, like, Christ doesn't. Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So there's no way to get to heaven other than to act out the way that, that Christ lives. That's what he tells us. And so there's no way to, you know, reach the kingdom of God and continue to grow, continue to mature, continue to um, flourish other than entering into death. I mean, that's that's the model of Christ is to willingly choose to die. Mm-hmm. And like on a 
on a psychological level or 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 societal or governmental level it's like that's choosing to invest in but the arts it's I choosing to like to, to, to destroy yourself to self-harm <laughs> that's not the end of the story though because then there's i i think uh i think the i mean the resurrection is more important than that and mm -hmm. i think okay. that I think it's Tolk uh, I think it's Lewis C.S. Lewis that talked about this, like the resurrection not as an event. Like I, I think it's actually a funny example that ties into some other things we're talking about, um, where I, I heard people complaining about like like conspiracy theories about shutdowns, how they let us have a Good Friday service, which was the crucifixion, but they didn't let us have the Sunday service, <laughs> which is the resurrection. So it's like the like just to, to get everybody. The depressed. devil wants to keep God, keep Jesus dead, and not let him resurrect. Well, so so my my main problem with that ideas that they don't understand the story because because when you participate it as like a liturgy you do you know one day is about the resurrection but really the whole thing afterwards is about the resurrection i think that's what c.s yeah. lewis says is it's actually it's not an event it's the whole new mode of being is the resurrection st is still occurring we all participate when you become a christian yeah, okay. you participate in the resurrection and i think that when we when we encourage people to focus on, you know, things that they can do right in their life, yeah. you know, to, to help those around them. I think that is, you know, resurrection participation. And I think that's, you know, I guess in the, in the arts, when you, when you motivate people, you, part I think it's actually uh, the, the liberal uh, perspective that's missing in our society is the resurrection. That's actually, we can look forward to something better. We don't just have to stay here. We don't have right. to be stuck in a certain. And there's a difference mode. between being a sort of a liberal and being an anarchist, right? It's like an anarchist is is sort of a nihilist, or at least a nihilist about the system. It's like mm -hmm. the only way to get through this is to is to just shut everything, like kill everything, destroy the system, and then build something up from the very low, like mm -hmm. from the ashes, not from like yeah. a slightly. Although, yeah. why is that different than the Christian story? I mean, like the, the Christian story tells us to, to consciously die, but like Jesus died all the way, well, and then he resurrected. Isn't that the difference between the system and the individual, though? Yeah, bars. So, like you're dying versus you're wishing the entire system to exactly. die. Exactly. But because really, the the more the reason why you'd want to destroy other things is probably again just conservatism. You it would be easier for you to stay the way that you currently are if the other things were more different. So anarchists are really conservatives. <laughs> so sorry, sorry to break it to you. Right. You, you don't want to die, and that's why you're trying to destroy right. everything around you. Wow, that's a hot take. That's that's a good point, though. So so. Well, I mean, okay, but to, to counter it, because <laughs> that obviously there there is an argument that, that that overshadows that a little bit. That like there are times where like you actually have something, you know, your truth is it's genuinely like you're 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 noticing and you're standing for something that you know is true. It's like you don't want to just give that up. Like there's mm -hmm. a difference between like dying to yourself and like allowing yourself to say maybe I'm wrong, and then like mm -hmm. you know. And and re reviving and and well, being, being renewed. The resurrection side. Right. There's Jesus a resurrection. didn't stay dead. Right. So so there's a difference between that and like. So, so you're, we're supposed to do that, but then like, it's also even within the traditions that okay, well, once you've been like renewed or whatever, it's like you do courageously stand up for something that you believe to be true. 
right? It's not always, it's not just a matter of just always like rolling over and playing dead. It's not just being super but, beta. But that didn't require the overthrow of anything. Like, right? The whole expectation was this is the Messiah. He's going to overthrow the Roman occupiers. Mm-hmm. And then he just died and then like, what the hell? Like you were supposed to overthrow the <laughs> Roman occupiers. And then he did actually, but he just made them Christians over a while. <laughs> right that's the resurrection was the 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 holy yeah. roman empire was the resurrected roman empire that was the overthrow but it happened so slowly that no one saw it i think anarchy does work though in a situation where the majority of people feel like they're disconnected from what the system has right like well, it happened with the french revolution again it becomes really important if if the story you're being told about your reality is something that you can't effect at all and I, but the thing is i so the Pareto problem I was like the thing i was trying to like lay out or the thing that like it's i haven't totally formulated it in my head but like what i've been trying to, to formulate and see if we could figure out is that i think that there, it's possible to be directly participating in a system that is at the point where it's like you have no influence over it no you just don't it's think n- that it's fundamentally not. that's not true uh, it's not possible I guess there's, there will be aspects of the system that you wouldn't have influence over, but there's never nothing, I guess. So, like, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, I mean, just just to sort of do anything you interact with, you have some influence over. Yeah, I, yeah, you're. Yeah. Currently, currently, our our financial situation in the world is that like the the top, uh, like twelve millionaires or top twelve like wealthy people have more wealth like hundreds of times over than all of the rest of the world combined. Mm -hmm. But you're just saying that like, okay, okay, so so that's, again, we're kind of doing that, that's weird political theater thing where it's it's like, it's too disconnected from you. It's, that's not really the story you're participating in. Why Mm -hmm. are you focusing on that? Mm -hmm. Um, But so just to kind of bring it down, downstream to like a very particular example, let's say there's 10 people in the room one guy has $100 and everybody else has $1. And there's 10 people in the room, mm-hmm. right? $9 is nothing on $100. Mm-hmm. Even if everybody combines their their wealth, there's no... So I, I, maybe the problem there is that we're assuming a closed system is that wealth is the only system of influence. Yeah. Well, I think the dollar is certainly losing its power as... Right, so people As stop playing system. that game. Like people yeah. are just. So, so the question is, what are those out of those ten people? What does that dollar mean? Right? Is is that guy that has a hundred dollars doing something insanely valuable for the nine people? Mm-hmm. Or like, how does his hundred dollar value right? only come from the fact that he owns fifty percent of the rest of the people? <laughs> like so, the the funny thing is that the most of these trillionaires don't even have necessarily all of their wealth. It's just attached to the fact that their company is successful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not cash, yeah. which is uh, I think an important aspect of capitalism that it's literally like it's it's not kings hoarding jewels. It's like capital. Right, it's it's not um, kind of idle ass, uh, not idle wealth. It's a, uh, right. it's generally it's all tied up into something. Yeah, it's generally a business or something. So yeah, so it's not as simple as that. But we we simplify it in that way at least to try to 
Just get, to, get, get, get a general. <laughs> just to, just to the so that we can talk about it in a way that makes us that's shallow and makes us feel like fired up about something. Just, I've yeah. had the conversation before. It's like, okay, but like, why why is Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos so rich? And like, think about all this money they have. It's like they don't really necessarily have all that money. They do have a lot of money. But mm-hmm. another aspect of the fact is that they just actually just go company. on Fortnite and buy, buy all of the skins. Yeah. That no. money is stuck. Nobody can do that. Nobody <laughs> 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 can do that. <laughs> Sorry, I just have Fortnite on my mic because I have the stupid song I've shown video. <laughs> I realize, though, you're the only one in the family who appreciated it. Because <laughs> I tried to turn it on tonight. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And the least was like, this, I hate this that song. This, this, no. this, this very, there's this child who is like, Plagiarizing different <laughs> different rap artists and and genuinely talented people and changing the lyrics to like having to do with Number video games and stuff. Victory Royale, yeah, Fortnite, we about to get down. It's the it's the version of American Boy with Kanye West. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I've heard actually a couple different. I, one of my students came in and was telling me about like he's like, oh, I want to play this song on the drums. I was like, this is a song. This is just like this kid's like it's not it's like a very well produced track, but then I realize it's because he's stealing other people's tracks. Yeah. Was it about Fortnite or something? No, it was a different. Oh, actually, maybe it was about Fortnite. Okay, then it probably. But anyways, was, yeah. well, th- that that's a good segue though into the music industry because th- this is this is where I one of the Wait, one of the things I wanted to talk about. Okay, we'll give you a sec there. I'll <laughs> we'll have to do a couple of edits, a couple of edits on this one. Yeah, or you just like talk about Fortnite skins for a little while too. <laughs> What's your what's favorite? Your favorite? <laughs> I don't even know what's in there. I haven't. I don't think I've actually played a full. I I, I downloaded Fortnite yeah, on my Switch yeah. and played half of one round, and I was like, "This is dumb." I, I legitimately <laughs> though have fond memories at this point because at one point yeah. it really was a, yeah. a was nice the old experience. For I me. miss the old Fortnite. Not the, the, <laughs> the new Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you won't understand. You didn't play old Fortnite. <laughs> but you played also yeah. you have to play it on like PC or something too. It's just if you, it seems oh, like too much. Honestly, like a, you you had the worst possible yeah, way of playing play it. it on the, but like it, it is bad now, objectively. Like yeah. what what got worse about it that was already to terrible? Out. <laughs> it just appealed to the younger generation more and more, I think. And then they lost all the people who were over ten. Like you right. know how there's like over the ten. Wow, that's such a low barrier. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm like, twelve now. Are I there even Call that many nine year olds that like are allowed? No, so they lose their fan base. Yeah, okay. like they don't <laughs> so have as many people dying. playing it now. Yeah, I think I, it's probably it's got to be like thirteen is like their their target audience. <laughs> I don't know. Thirteen year olds are like more mature now, or like they can they're into mature content now. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, I play Call of Duty, man. I watch R rated movies. Yeah. I watch uh, edgy humor, watch porn. I'm 13. I'm yeah, 13. It's, it's whatever. Cool. It's cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, though, I think the age for like exposure to, and this is the strange thing is that you would think that like hormonally, uh, kids just wouldn't be interested in, in porn until much later. But I think the, like the starting age where they get them going is like, like nine, eight or nine at this point. Oh, yeah. Which is strange. Like, that's probably just to do with, like, the way that we, uh, I don't know. I, I get all conspiracy theorists about this kind of stuff, and they go, well, not conspiracy. I don't think it's actually a conspiracy. I, I think it's, again, it's a, a sort of a complicit, like, we didn't really care enough about this, and so we, again, try to do the most expedient thing for selling food, and so we sell foods that are extremely, lots and lots of hormones in them, so that way we can 
grow our grow our meat up big and fast and fat and and delicious, and then we don't think about the fact that that you know damages the ways that our children are physically developing, and they start to uh, like. It'd be interesting to look at the data on this though. But like, I think um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like maturity, uh, physical maturity. What's the what's the word? It's, it's puberty. There's another word though. Well, adolescence. Yeah, that it's 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 starting at earlier and earlier ages. I don't know if historically this is like the earliest it's ever been. It, it would seem to sort of make sense that this is the first time we sort of like started really drastically experimenting with like genetic modifications in our food. Yeah, and so I I I don't think it would make sense for historically there to be ever a point where kids have been where, where I I don't think that a nine year old would be interested in boobs in a sexual way at any other point in history. I don't not certain about that, but I don't think that would be the case. Unless they're breastfeeding. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, as I'm saying, I said in a sexual way. I mean, if you're if you're Freudian, then maybe you think it's still a yeah. sexual. <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was. Like maybe it's still maybe it's still sexual. Uh, maybe maybe that baby's really turned on when he's sucking them titties. Well, when they're nine, they're not really a baby. Yeah, if I, you I'm breastfeed curious. long enough in the old good old days, you know. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm curious how actually <laughs> how much sexuality and puberty is strictly like I don't think there's none. Like you're not totally unaware pre-puberty. I think it's more maybe curiosity. But as yeah. but I think that just the lot there's it's a it's a difficult to find it's a, a line gradual curiosity yeah. and libido yeah, yeah exactly it's like it doesn't ever it doesn't ever become not curiosity also like they, yeah they, so it's difficult to find is is it the hormones or is it just the access like the kids the the amount of effort it would take to see boobs on somebody who wasn't breastfeeding your sibling um, previously in history would not have been it would have been too much for a kid to bother doing but mm -hmm. at this point it's like it's just on the internet it's literally just oh so let me see b o o b s <laughs> enter right like mm -hmm. th that's all it takes at this point so so i mean it's ease of access and potentially and potentially the the not conspiracy thing i'm trying to <laughs> anyway uh but as far as the mu music industry thing I, I was trying to talk about like well, the model we just talked about as far as is that like, okay, if it gets too unequal, then people actually just lose faith in that system for it to be a meaningful system. If one person has $900 and everybody else has $1, people just think, okay, dollars don't, don't mean anything. That's not a game that we're actually going to play anymore. We just throw out that economic system and start mm -hmm. bartering with something else because it's like, that's not meaningful anymore. I, I, I like, isn't that what actually recently happened in some... Uh, was that like a particular African country? Like was it Zimbabwe, actually, maybe, I think. There's, there was some country that like inflated their currency so much that it was just like, okay, <laughs> we're not going to use this. We're just yeah. going to just use, like, we're going to use somebody else's dollar that actually makes sense because this is just ridiculous. That's the exciting thing about cryptocurrency. Though. Okay, I don't want to no, talk well, about exactly that. that's exactly what I was going to say. Because, yeah, like, we should actually talk about that some other time. Of, it is that. He, Garrett, like, you everyone. set it up. I want to talk I'm about it. Slap I'm just saying, that, Paul. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> cryptocurrency yet, and so I, I don't want to, but this like, is a, it's no, going to take a long time to explain it. This is a good it. avenue for you okay. to understand it, because <laughs> it right. is to say, give me the short version. It is, I think it's exactly that model of, it's a group of people that have said, you know, maybe we could have a more reasonable currency than one that's controlled by a centralized government, right? So it's like, okay, like, yeah, right. like the ability of like a closed system to 
like a, a closed system within even just borders to decide a value is uh, not good enough. And that changed though, because at one point it was gold. And yeah, then so they and then they used a substitute for gold, which was these paper notes. And then as soon as it was paper notes, then the government controlled how many were in supply, and then it was government controlled. And then the idea is to revert back to and the so equivalent of actual gold. scarcity to, like, yeah. you, there's an actual limit to how many yeah. Yeah. crypto. I mean, depending on which crypto you are using. Yeah, there's an amount of scarcity, yeah. and it and it's sort of based on the okay. The, so you close the it and it's technology that it's. Well, they literally have a fixed supply for Bitcoin. That's the most popular one. Like, okay. there's only going to be so many. And that's and why once, it's expected. Once they've reached the limit, then it's like it's done. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And they like so I, limit I, the supply that's available and, per year. They release some. And so stuff. in that system, it's not like you. Can you still get to a place where it's like somebody just has all the? Like, so, so you get to a place where somebody has all the Bitcoin. It's like okay, well, all right, we'll just move on to the next one. Well, they don't like in the same. I don't know. Does someone have more power if they have more Bitcoin? Maybe. Well, there is inflation actually. Bitcoin's interesting based on like lost Bitcoins. Like oh, there's they like burn them. there's like yeah there's like lost uh, wallets. Oh, like and Alex stuff. Jones's tons. Yeah, there's, of there's there's like how and, many and, Bitcoins did he supposedly have? Well, there's there's like oh urban legends about these like wallets that oh, are yeah. lost and, and that and, literally basically that money is out of the economy and it basically wow. inflates the currency yeah it increases the value of everyone else's that's so but nuts bitcoin to me isn't the only it, currency. one bitcoin is worth how much money now probably around 50k us or a little more around and there, he probably. lost 1500 units of 50k i can't oh, yeah. even do that multiplication i think right i did now, it and it was like, like 250 500 million, million yeah right yeah somewhere in there that's crazy you would have been <laughs> so rich insane <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that. Like Bitcoin, I think is. But is, honestly, though, the romantic part of me just is like suddenly all these images of like pirates and like searching for buried treasure <laughs> and like Indiana Jones is like <gasps> we gotta go find that computer and find the Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's because that's what those sorts of stories are linked to is a sort of more closed system of wealth where it's like right because that so was much, gold, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. They weren't finding a box full of hundred dollar bills. Right. It's like okay, well this based on inflation inflation, yeah, it's just that's the frustrating thing is just and so inflation is a byproduct just of somebody being in control of the of the supply, basically. Yeah, it well, inflation it's, can't happen otherwise, right? Yeah, it's a it's a byproduct of reducing of a uh, increasing yeah. but so the okay, but, but we yeah. stumbled upon inflation and we thought it was good. Why? Why did we think it was good? Like, was it literally just good for the government? It seems like I don't know who thought it was good. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is that you can literally just give money to poor people. Well, that's not. We didn't discover inflation and then did that. I think we did that and then <laughs> caused inflation. Maybe. Wait, what? Well, you have to print the money and then you give it to the poor people, if and then you realize it. that it affects the value well, of the money. I think there's so there's the time value of money which is very real. So it's actually more valuable for me to have money now than in the future. Yeah. Like pragmatically. Okay. Right? And that that's just a real uh I guess phenomena with money. Right. Okay. Resources now are it, it's basically one in the hands better than two in the bush. Resources <laughs> now are actually one in the hand equals two in the bush. <laughs> it's like that's inflation. <laughs> is the the future two birds is right. Inflation is betting on the future. So so I mean yeah we went into this with this with sapiens. Inflation is sort of like it's borrowing from the future. 
and the the invention of that, it's it's saying that we are actually going to become this much more valuable as as a society mm-hmm. by the time that we you know. Yeah. But, but so so I mean so so that does seem like a, a profitable way of like get it, it encourages us to like. Well, well it doesn't uh, encourage it. Just it allows us to kind of step outside of our um, I feel like the inflation devalues so like one in the hand equals two in the bush those two in the bush we are spent equal like four to hours <laughs> talking about hands and bushes and <laughs> birds on that camping trip yeah. I don't think we're gonna go anything more well, with this analogy I, I think the idea is if I have that bird now I could breed it <laughs> and by the time the future comes I will actually just have two but like I like guaranteed. to think like the one dollar now is worth the two dollars of the future because they've yeah, lost value. I, well, because no, because I can guarantee to to make that because even okay. the two in the bush are still only okay. potential. To, I, to, to, oh. to demystify the analogy, the the two in the bush are potential birds. Yes, and the one in the hand is that you already have. Yeah, and yeah. and and I can I can commit myself to making that bird two birds, and then that's even more guaranteed than the potential, right? Or you could be like uh, the author of our, of this great book Evan chose uh, a while ago and, and just become the bird. <laughs> be the bird. Yeah. Well, that's, now there's two. There's the bird and then the there's peregrine, me. right? Yeah. <laughs> now there's two birds because you're a bird. Because he I'm was an bird. artist, though. He wasn't a capitalist. <laughs> so, certainly wasn't. He wasn't a damn capitalist. Otherwise, like he'd this write guy. a better book, make more money. <laughs> His book is a cult classic. It sold 500 copies, okay? okay. <laughs> so, the, the, I was trying to, to connect that like system of, okay, we got into Bitcoin and all this stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if we actually agree, though, that like, okay, so, so maybe Bitcoin is a, is a possible solution, economically speaking, in any ways. But, I mean, it it forces us not to be able to to do the thing that... Um, that uh, inflation allowed us to do so. Maybe that's a, a potential problem that we're going to run into with Bitcoin. But we should we should talk about that in more detail Bitcoin later. Bitcoin oh, doesn't yeah. not inflate though. Okay, it's right. not a solution to inflation. It it goes up in value. Yeah, it's a solution to no inflation so, is the opposite. No, 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 no. Well, so, but it so does go up. There's in value. the phenomena of inflation, and then there's planned inflation by governments that are controlling. Okay. So the idea of decentralization is well, that's like, the whole thing. Is the Bitcoin goes up in value and the U.S. dollar goes down? Well, yeah. So, so like our government, <laughs> our government might Love want it. to. Our government could reduce the value of the Canadian dollar to push exports. And that screws me over because I'm getting paid in the Canadian dollar. Yeah. So my company can export at a better rate, a better, at more profit. But I actually then can import, like I, I have less power to buy international goods. So I am tied to whatever decisions the Canadian government makes about the value of my dollar based on whatever their motivations are. Radical inequality existed long before um inflation based on government printing out money that's that's the point is to, is is to drive home here. like this this is an interesting tangent but the fact is that the systems get to the point where they're so unequal that people cannot participate in them despite the fact despite whether or not the government is inflating their currency cuz that's a pretty recent phenomenon yeah it's 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 very disconnected from the idea of pareto because there's it's basically based on international like so it's a global when you get to that point that's the question i'm asking so when you get to that point where your system has gotten so unequal and and the the, 
this, the influencers at the top. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> so I would, I, or so I, there would be a point where I would demand that my employer pays me in not Canadian dollars. Well, what's I that would point? Just be, I would just say like this is, <laughs> or you worthless. would go find a business that was paying. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. There would be a demand so from people, the labor force to not be paid so in the, that currency. So the critical point is that eventually, if a system gets too much like that, people just like like the rat in the Panksup uh, neurology experiment is like yeah. you just you just don't play that game. You'll play with a better go, rat. Yeah. You go find you go find another rat. But like it feels like it's it's difficult. So I mean, when, when it comes to a country, it's like the you can't just go to like another not country or start your own country. All the countries are taken. There's there's a um, well that's a what limit Bitcoin is. It's a not it's a not country controlled currency. Okay, so as far as currency, anyways. Yeah. But like, okay, so I I wanted to go to the music industry, and that's, that's okay. There's this annoying barrier to entry where it's like, I live in a world that's that's being given um, sugary pop tunes that tickle their fancy and don't and we were kind of talking about this the other mm-hmm. night whether or not the music industry is actually doing this I think there are maybe some other factors as to why maybe the music industry is already sort of solving this problem and maybe we should go into that a little bit but like uh, you could get to a point where it's like you're just being fed whatever music would make you happy and would not challenge you it's not like a, it wouldn't um, push you to like reconsider your life and like yeah, this is actually so. In the conversation okay. the other day, we were talking about this: is that that music fundamentally is not, or, or the sorts of songs that we're writing right now, are not so much about cosmic meta narratives as they are about subjective, uh, like struggles and oppression, and like basically just complaining about your life. Yeah. So if you want to sell music, then you have to um, enter a market of supply and demand. Or find an institution that will fund music. Maybe we don't have enough um, institutions funding music to mm-hmm. free them from supply and demand. But I can't. I can't affect that. Like Jack or, Conte is trying to sort of encourage musicians to go and just create stuff, and so he's doing certain like um, grants and stuff like that. Yeah. I, and I guess Canada actually has grants like that yeah. to do that as well. And Which that's what I'm talking about. So that those are to free people from supply and demand. Or you can not try to sell music. You can sell something else and make music. Right. Yeah. Which I, is the thing we were thinking about the other day. Is that, yeah. Yeah, if, if you're, if, and maybe that's sort of what we need to be doing more often is, or like, I'm, I'm just trying to think about my own situation. It's like, okay, I, I guess I sort of do that already. I, I kind of, I, f- I found a niche to go and just like, I can make my, my regular paycheck by, doing something that I can consistently do that isn't fundamentally creative, mm-hmm. but that still is meaningful. Like I, I go teach music privately and like that works as, as a paycheck. And then I could, it's just that the, the, the fact that there is a payoff for doing uh, other sorts of music, I, I guess, I don't know if you're artistically uh, driven enough, which I think, I don't know. Most artists I know tend, tend to be like, this is like, even though they know they could make more money, uh, selling covers it's like that it feels so distasteful just to like to build a career on that it's like it's not actually scratching the itch that your musicianhood passion is mm-hmm. like driving you to do it's like it, you still just want to go create real music anyways yeah. so maybe you do that as like okay i'm gonna that's my mm-hmm. paycheck music and then i'm gonna go still write my own music yeah you just you're not gonna be able to sell that in a market situation 
Yeah. Oh, and, and that's, I guess, what sort of what Balaji um, uh, sneer. I don't know how to say it. You know the guy I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. He's talking about how in, in order to make a change in a big system like this, you play both games. You, if, if you're trying to combat against Google and you think that they're doing something wrong, you go and beat Amazon and you, you, like, you beat them on their own terms or you, do, you, sort of do the, you play the expedient game and then you use the profits that you get from that in order to invest in the dreams and the, the poetry, the, the humanities, yeah. right? You, you, do, you follow your dream too. It's, just, it's difficult. I mean, that's an interesting strategy. I don't know if, if that's totally possible. But I, I don't know. There's, there's plenty of movies, plenty of stories talking about people who try to do that. And, 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 they, and again, it's like this, the, sell, the sellout story. You sell out and then you get a huge payoff for selling out. And that, that's the biggest problem is that like the, the pot for what you get for selling out is growing and growing and growing with the internet. As more and more people participate, uh, well, sorry, what are you calling selling? You're just calling making music for a market economy. Right, yeah. You're that's calling that selling it. Yeah. But then just, that's, I don't know, I, I think that's the same as just getting another job and making other music on the side, right? Well, it's not quite because you are still populating the music market. It's not like you haven't suffered those off as two different things. Yeah, but I don't think that's a zero sum. I don't think people have an appetite for general music and they're just filling up on cheap music and then not diving into um, I don't know meaningful music I mean I, you have to talk to various people about that yeah, I guess but I don't know it, it seems to me that, that we're becoming more and more used to and more and more dominated by uh, meaningless fluff music and I don't think that that's I, th I think that's a, a phenomenon of the you know the last two hundred years or so. I don't think that's like something that throughout history we we are like we're always chained to that sort of diet for entertainment. I think it's just like we're playing so many games. We we need like we're looking for opportunities to simplify our lives, and so mm -hmm. the things that should be challenging us, are we we replace those with with them. Um, sort of propaganda or pornography. Turns and out when Mozart made uh, his album, it was really basic at the time. Though. Fun <laughs> the fact. <time. laughs> the time. Like a hype. When he made his album, when he put out that CD. When he dropped that, he dropped people that were like, title. dude, so basic. Like, this is just classic pop music. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. It's yeah, possible. I, I don't know. No, I, I don't, I don't know. I, like I don't know if so. I agree. I, th I think that... I there, think that people that have... an the people that have a low appetite for music <laughs> find something that's meaningful to them and fill up on that. People that have a big appetite for music can listen to yeah. casual radio or then have like they, they then you'll like I find I listen to music all the time and I like a lot of pop music and a lot of not pop music. But mm -hmm. I'm just generally like while I'm working just listening. So I can I can consume a lot more. So I have like room for I guess some junk pleasure but I, I i'm not even sure that i agree with that classification of like fluff like I, I don't know i don't know if i agree that that's less valuable it's just it's not i don't know if it's not what you want it's what the market's demanding then that's your problem i don't know yeah maybe that's what it is i don't know i i 
like as far as like looking at the um well no i i mean I'm, there's key artists i can look at that have like sort of made it and are still being creative like mm-hmm. obviously brought up kanye a couple of times mm-hmm. i think that guy he's kind of nuts and that's what I, I love about it is like mm-hmm. he's like he's so about the art that it's like he can't even keep it together enough to be a business person he's just off the walls nuts i don't know he's a billionaire yeah, but That's then he was also in like person. so much debt or whatever too. Like he's he's gone yeah, up and he, down, he's, right? He's <laughs> definitely That's experienced true. the whole spectrum there. Um, so I mean, I, I appreciate that there's people like that, but I mean, if I look at like, I mean, even you you've been watching Rick Beato trying to oh, review yeah. the current like the the, tr- the actual charts. Well, yeah, you go on the he he'll revisit the Spotify top ten charts globally every like three months, and he'll be like. The majority of the songs, he's just like disappointed in their similarity to each other. Yeah, and then there'll be like one that shines through, and he's like, "There's so, more so, than three chords." So at any one time, the top songs are always going to be similar. That might just be a phenomena, eh. right? That just might just be a thing. Like maybe always at any one time, the top songs, well, given a certain cultural context, would always all be similar. It's funny when they're all similar yet they're all different genres like there's the one song that's the hispanic song where it's like so then what's if they're different genres then they're not that similar they're similar in the sense that they're very repetitious there's someone in the sense that they don't have any just repetitious yeah music is repetitious but there's a difference between music that you can listen to once and music that you can listen to a thousand times right sure yeah, and the difference is how much you're pandering to the market. Well, I, I think that in in a market where you can release lots of music, you the individual release doesn't have to be listenable multiple times. But if the person releases a song every day, then you can take all their songs from the last year and say that's one continuous release, and maybe that actually stands repetition. It's like if I listen to one track off an album, that might not be that good, but the album itself might be able to uphold repetition. It's like I think we've we've come into shorter release cycles that but actually again allows which is this market demand thing for a well, like, but it allows feedback span. in in a sense. So there's also benefit to that. So you get to release something, see how it does, and tweak it, and then if you believe that the demands has some sort of value then that's something you might want to know i mean the the fact that i don't know what are on the charts is is kind of an, a, a testament to because I, I was wondering okay if this happens to music do we just stop playing the game and i think we sort of do or at least who i have i stopped playing that game anyways mm-hmm. i noticed that the pop charts are not meaningful to me because i don't care about that except for you know two of them right now that's again like even to tie us back to our previous conversation if you're i I think that's the right solution because if you're getting always upset about politics and that's not something you're actually going to get into and try and influence then just get over it yeah right so it's like if you're upset about what's in the charts but actually don't care about it then get over it yeah. Or if you care about it, then like that might be something interesting to right. you. And and, and the fact that you care about it, it's like you, you these things kind of naturally work themselves out. Is that that you if you care about it enough, then you probably will work hard to make your way into it and exactly. then be influential in it. 
That's the fun thing is trying to carry the obligation to make it catchy and people will listen to it while also bringing something that you care about to the table. Mm-hmm. And like you can't be too experimental or people won't listen to it because it's not right. palatable. So you have to find that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, st- I, f- I feel like though we're still getting to this point. Like you said, how is that even a problem? And I, it, I feel like there's a sense of, of general social um, pressure here or, or like there's, there's a sense of like people are frustrated. I mean, you and I are frustrated at the government often we talk about it mm-hmm. is that just us falling prey to this problem we've already laid out or? i mean it, it's lethargic <laughs> well some of it is it's like cathartic okay, yeah, lethargic, lethargic is being like tired i think cathartic, cathartic. it's so, cathartic it seems like we're at a point where the biggest problems we have <laughs> are related <laughs> it's <words>. retarded <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The biggest problems that we have are more on a federal level right now. Like, I feel like this is probably a unique situation that isn't a general representation, at least for me. Like, generally speaking, it's like, I don't really care as much about government in general because it doesn't affect me that much. We're like, probably the last 10 years, I was like, I don't know. Things happen in the government and in my country, but most of the time they don't usually affect me directly. So I don't really care that much. And, like, you can care and you can get up all caught in, like, the Twitter. But, like, at the end of the day, it's like, eh, well, I, I mean, live my life and it's not really going to affect me. example is, like, the, the past year. It's That's like, what I'm okay, saying. Like, this the, is a specific time. Has has, at this point, done something that directly affects me and my life and my relationships mm-hmm. and my ability to participate in society. And, like, I mean... I, I guess you sort of see that as like if they kind of go too far with the stipulations as for like how you're allowed to live life, people just say, mm, I'm not really going to participate in your mm-hmm. laws. And yeah. even police do that. It's like, this, uh, we're not going to enforce This is illegal, laws. right? right. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> it, does, it actually does. They've said something that they think affects me, but it doesn't. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Th- right? Th- there's a point where people, it's like, that's so disconnected from me. And yeah. so it's like, I don't me. actually care about that. That's, this was I'm released pre COVID, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this at some other time, other than right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> exactly. It's precisely what we're doing. Yeah. So, and, and may, maybe that is. So, it's, it's I mean, f- for it to be a problem that's existed since before humans had even discovered language, you know, since literally animals struggle with the same problem, it has to be sort of a self correcting problem. But I just, I don't want to brush it off as, as a problem that just, oh, it'll just solve itself. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's the sort of the, the hyper conservative position as well. It's like, I, I think there's, there's nasty explosions of, mm-hmm. of leveling and there's potentially, okay, I notice we're headed in this direction. How do we prevent us getting there to the point where, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, well, if, if you get to a system where, where one person's so in charge that nobody else is, has any influence, then people stop being willing to participate in that system. Yeah. So how do you how do you prevent getting to that point? I'm not motivated to be a politician, but I certainly will vote, and I will vote for people who are in favor of redistributive policies in times when I think we need them. Right. Which, you know, right right now. So you think redistribution is the key to solve? It's just. Well, I, I yeah, like I think as opposed to earlier, you brought up like anar- like tearing down right. the, the structured, yeah. which I mean is fundamentally the the, pro- the solution we just talked about is just like stopping playing the game. That's anarchy. Yeah, I, I would rather like I I'm not I don't, and that's I guess I, my voting 
point is like, I'm not so not into politics that I would do nothing, but I'm not going to pursue extra sway. I will just do the sway that is most convenient to me, which is voting. And I would vote in a way where I would, you know, I'm, I'm motivated enough to try and be educated about the policies that I would like. And if they um, help with this problem, I would vote in favor of them. I think that, you know, I've, thoughts about this like i think that we have technology to enable more iterative voting on things i don't think we vote frequently considering how much we could vote on rather than just voting for leaders voting more frequently on policies and stuff um i think we could i i I, well i mean you sort of would be doing that if you were if we've if we participated more in like local government Mm -hmm. yeah I, i wrote a letter to my uh Local rep once when I was a kid. When you were a kid, yeah. It's like, <laughs> that's the frustrating thing. It's like, why why haven't I done that recently? Yeah. Uh, am I mad at myself for not yeah, doing well, that? Yeah, well, and this I is mean, when you're talking about power. You have the power to do that. Right, it's true. And like, the the more local it is, the more important it is to whoever that leader is. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, these are my people. Yeah. It's like, there, there's always a sense of these are my people. But if it's like, if, if you're dealing with 10 people and one of them t- talks to you, that matters. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with 100 per- people, it still matters. Even 10,000 people still matters. When it's like the entire population of Canada, it's like, there's I've got so many people to deal with. And, I, don't, and, I don't care about one particular. And you I'm have, not going to read all those. You have power to, even within your local representation, make your voice matter. So if you're involved in a local charity and kind of like send a letter and like header, like, you know, I'm part chair, of this chairman of, yeah, I, right. I think that, that that's something, again, within your power to increase your influence. Right. Okay. That's, that's, that's interesting, too. And so, but that, that's still sort of like, um, that's, a, that's a revolutionary strategy, though. Mm-hmm. It's like bottom up. And yeah, so I, I guess it's just, okay, there is an extent to which that, that impulse to like want to like take claw back at the power that is a useful impulse mm-hmm. in those situations because you can actually do that. You just have to think about in what ways can I do this and would it still be meaningful to me on those levels or am I just getting, yeah. am I just looking for an excuse to be mad at somebody? Well, and that's my, my cathartic comment. There is some conversation, like I'm not totally against this because I participate in, in some cathartic releases of frustration. Um, I do that because then it's released and then, you know, I'm okay for a while. Yeah. It, um, and it, then there's some things that I should not, like I should release in a way that's, yeah. you know, maybe I'll try and write a letter or something. I don't know. Okay. So those are, I mean, I, I, I think we've made some good progress here. We, we figured out at least two potential solutions to the, to this problem. Yeah. And so, so one, one is like, is just giving up and playing a different game because there are always going to be other games to play. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it's a dumb enough game, everyone's going to give up and play a different game, so you don't have to worry about it. Just mm-hmm. stop playing. Yeah, I, it's just it's, it's those transitional periods, though, of like being the first one to give it up. Like that's that's what takes a lot of like courage and a lot of it's like a very scary thing. It's yeah. like, have you estimated the um, the dumbness of this game well enough to realize or to to be able to be certain that like you giving up? And and partially that's a good thing. You don't want to just be like throwing game boards willy-nilly yeah. every time they're not going your way. Yeah, if you're the only right. one questioning something, maybe you should wonder if maybe, if, you're, maybe just you're just a sore loser one, right. or 
or maybe the you know you you always have to it's those ways that, in which yeah. which society gaslights us that gaslighting is a meaningful thing right? <laughs> exactly it's like gaslighting is not always bad yeah it, gaslighting sometimes is, you're is insane <laughs> sometimes you are the problem sometimes yeah. you're wrong <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's yeah okay but but true. i think you need to you need to have real relationships to to know a little bit about or like hopefully hopefully you have someone that's being honest with you that's not just the hard reality of like a market of you know competition hopefully you have like more generous people to tell you correct you with a i don't know um with a sense of care the correction of like large communities is harsh i guess I think maybe we don't have enough small communities to give the gracious corrections that people need. Hmm. I mean, the, in, intuitively, I mean, that, that's where like most of my solutions to all of life problems, I all, I was just in, like almost always just like dumbing it back down to, oh, it's just about we just need better communities, mm-hmm. and like as, like intuitively, that really seems right to me, but I. As far as I, I think you kind of technically connected it there in, in a pretty meaningful way. It's just I, I don't want to just jump there as a as a kind of like a, a end all be all end all solution to everything. Even if I actually do think that that might be a solution to a lot of the problems we're experiencing right now. I, again, I, I mean that wouldn't be the be all end all. It's like okay, in the, in our moment, this is probably the thing we need to be mm-hmm. working on is is participating in in smaller local communities yeah. and stuff like that. I think that's the thing that's been particularly threatened with. Um, the internet. I think, yeah. like, if I, the the most the things I'm most willing to talk about that I think are problems are much smaller than like distribution of wealth. It's basically social behavior in an age of the internet. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's it's social. It's not like I mean, f- financial wealth is is interesting to talk about. But there's a lot of c- couple complicated factors, but it's like it's it's pretty easy to look at at least. As an example of like um, mark, market economies, is just like the, the economy of attention in through social media, mm-hmm. and it's like it's very frustrating to look at the the games we're willing to buy into. But I think we might sort of be headed for the tipping point where where, where a lot of people th- there's definitely been a zeit you can notice in the zeitgeist a, a lot of like people saying mm, I'm kind of done with social media, I'm done with Twitter, I'm done with this, well, with that. In the same way that I'm in favor of our government freeing artists from the market economy. I'm in favor of freeing yourself from the market economy for your attention. So that's just discipline to like participate in things that aren't expedient, but are, you know, meaningful relationships. Right. I think that the internet is a, like social media is an explain, uh, uh, um, a replacement for, an expedient I've tried to merge those words expedient replacement it's an explacement <laughs> for for like real social uh relationships right um and and that is again to, to just tie it back to things that are within your control you have control to exercise discipline in participating in that or right. seeking out it's just the the thing I haven't I have not been able to untangle yet with social media is that there is such I guess it's just that there's there's a lot of things that social media has has crept its way into, and I have to kind of just go through each one of those those facets of my life and figure out to what extent am I 
is it healthy to participate in social media? Because, I mean, there's a surface level where it's just, okay, social media can, can I mean, or maybe it's not surface level, but, but one level of it is, is politics. It's like, okay, social media and politics, that isn't meaningful for me. So I'm not going to talk about po politics on, on social media. As often, sometimes I still get pulled into it, mm -hmm. but usually it's like, I, I can, okay, I can figure out that that's the case and I can become more disciplined and I can say social media and politics, no go. Mm -hmm. But I have to figure that out on every level because there's so many different topics in which social media has sort of taken over and said, okay, social media is the way that you distribute music. And, it's, and it's, so it's like, okay, so in order to to do music, I, I, I guess I haven't, I haven't solved that one. I haven't figured out my mm -hmm. relationship there. It's like, okay, there is a big potential payoff of like doing what the masses want through social media when it comes to music. But I don't really like what I as much what I create when I do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, obviously I would just put out my like little covers thing earlier last year. I am reasonably proud of that thing, but it probably could have been even more successful the more I had sort of sold out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I like, I was begrudgingly saying, okay, I guess I'll do covers. But, but those aren't the only two options, right? Okay. You're like, you're like, I released this, or I what like what's the other option? Or I don't. Or there needs to be an alternative. Or I release what? Like what else do you have right. to release? I and I haven't done this yet. I, like I'm I'm thinking about okay. I've been working on writing songs that like I personally deeply feel are meaningful for like the past several years, and I think I'm going to put this out. And I keep on I'm like getting to this point where I'm like. Is anybody going to care? Is anybody going to buy that? Is anybody going to listen to that? I don't even necessarily care about the buying that. It's like, is anybody going to listen to that? So you're, you're interested. So you you just admitted that you are interested in selling your music in a market. That's basically that that sentence. <laughs> okay. So you've admitted that. And this is where this is why I'm a fan of pop music. Because I like the singles. I actually, it, it, from from my technology education, I like the idea of minimum viable product. I think that the artists that are successful today just release stuff, right? They're not worried about it being perfect, but you you kind of, you participate actually to kind of even bring it to like a social, it's a community. It's a feedback of participating in, well, you know, is this good? Oh, is this good? You kind of release bits and it's like you don't, you kind of just admit that you don't know what's good. And that's sort of, I guess with te with like technology, you like will work on a bit of software. You might think that if I did this, it would be the best thing, but that would take so many hours. But it's better to kind of make it half work and then release it and just see. I think that music has done that. And so we get things that maybe we uh, judge. There's just the problem as, of virality of just, okay, there's a big payoff for doing the thing that everybody wants. And you get like an immediate response yeah. of... Okay, I don't believe that you can do that, though. You think that you can get that big payoff and just release something that everybody wants? Good luck. Do it. I challenge you to release something that everybody wants and will pay off huge. Just do it. I don't, I, I I don't mean, think that a lot of people can do it. That's hard to do. You, Okay. I, I guess that's a that's a fair critique, but the, the problem is that so like you are genuinely talented, but you okay. I mean, this is just the the idea of selling out. It's just okay if if you totally sell out, uh, and you're not talented, then it doesn't really matter anyways. You just nobody's gonna buy it. 
Mm-hmm. You sold out. You, yeah. you, you, did, you, exactly. you chased what, what the, you thought the market wanted, but they didn't really want that. Exactly. But if you are talented, then you figure out that selling out sort of might just mean you taking your you know actual artistic spark and and selling it in a way that's palatable to a larger audience. You know who did that? Who did that? Post Malone. That's exactly. <laughs> I always I always think about that. Like he's a genius. I yeah. do think okay. that. I, I'm a Explain huge fan. To me how he fits that archetype. I mean, I think he released music that he people just liked, and he keeps doing it. He puts well, puts he, in the work. And his genre, he fit a genre him. that was relevant. Yeah, but he also happened to originally kind of. I think he was like a rock and roll musician. Yeah. Well, so you see, selling out as like positive fundamentally. Well, if it's what you want to do, which I believe <laughs> early in this conversation you said that that's what you wanted. He doesn't want to do it, but he knows he has to do it to succeed. Well, well I, I, I don't guess know I'm not that sure what I want to do. do. I'm still kind of in the earlier exactly. stage because I haven't put so out. So it's yeah. still your problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Until until you know what you want to do, then you can blame other people for blocking you. <laughs> but if you, if you don't know what you want to do, then that's still for you to figure out, I guess. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I'm still. That's what I'm out. saying is the market can tell you this, but you're not receiving it very well because it's not a friend. But a friend can tell you this, and it's actually the way to hear things. So like we need we need the relationships that tell us things. That like markets actually are they're good to tell us things, but you have to be like, I guess, uh, an open to reading it, which is very hard, right? So like I, I like I do that's again why I say I believe that we need to free ourselves and some people from markets for determining what's valuable but uh they're also useful. I, and I, I guess this yeah. is, to tie I, I it back to the conservative liberal. It's again it's like one thing says throw it away, one thing says it's good. It's just we can just apply we need to not be lazy and apply it when it's good and not apply it when it's not good. Well, wait, I, I just lost the antecedent. What's the it you're talking about? It, it, the market, like, like market economy, okay. basically. Okay. So like they're good for some things, they're not good for some things. It actually is the burden of humanity to determine. It's The, to, the problem is just that when, when we build a system of influence where we put the market as the only thing that has any influence. Mm-hmm. So it, when it comes into the economy of influence, when we put the, the financial market economy or any particular economy of, of attention or whatever, when we make any particular economy the only economy that matters, then we stop being willing to play that game because it's not a good game. Uh, that's super meta. I'm tr- tr- mm-hmm. trying to stack these things here a little sure. bit. But does that but, make sense? Uh, but I am far from believing did, that. Did you there. follow that, Evan, or did Connor just follow that because he has the same <laughs> vague, abstract mind as me? I was imagining like a podcast dedicated to Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go over it again. Okay, <laughs> I said. Okay, so so we've established that if if you put all of your eggs in one basket, then nobody wants to play with those eggs. You know. <laughs> okay, yeah. already too abstract. If if you have if you if you have a social relationship where one person has all of the influence, we discard that social game because it's not a real social interaction mm-hmm. anymore. Okay, mm-hmm. so if we 
I, I just you can you can apply that down. if um if we decide that the market economy is the best for determining the value of everything, then we're probably then the market leaning too far. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. Anymore. If we decide that science is the best thing and, for I, giving us value, then it stops then giving us value. Okay. Right. So to yeah, tie yeah, all yeah, of yeah. the whole parts wow. of the conversation, that was actually amazing. I am beginning, but that really makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. that's that when you said that. That's what I thought you happened, said. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, well, we're on the same page. So, Did you follow so, Evan? <laughs> again, it's 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 a it's a problem of motivation. The work of being a human is to decide for yourself what you are going to do with what. <laughs> like it's it's basically just not being lazy. So it's like it's like some music I need to not listen to because I like it. I need yeah. to listen to because I think it's good. I need to go to church not because I like it, but because I think it's good for me. Yeah. I need to maybe consume some movies because I like them because that seems to be liking things is a good at determining right. we, the value we don't, of something. We, we don't want to overinvest in liking things or thinking that they're good either. <laughs> exactly. We actually want to balance those motivations as well. Exactly. And we, But you need to be <laughs> decently motivated to yeah. do that. Exactly. Guilty it, it pleasures are effort. important. Yeah. yeah, there's things out there that will try to give you, like everyone, I, I think that's what you do is you push your value system onto the world um, and you either accept parts or accept right. it all. And accepting it all is the lazy way, right? So to go into a conversation where the people are just complaining about politics and just like leaning into that and then to go into another conversation, it's you're just that's to me selling out would be to just... Um, Except we're totally selling out. Yeah, is just to, is buying one hundred percent. And that's into the I guess market, the right? conservatism. Right. It's just to say this this is good. I don't need yeah. to do anything. Right. It's like no, you need to do something. But you and, need, but to, you figure need out, to figure it out. You, you need to figure out how to how to be willing to compromise. Figure out what level you're willing to compromise, and that willing might be the other thing you need to pay attention to. Is because yeah, maybe if you're, you're not, not willing, willing to compromise enough. this much, then that that's probably a good sign that this is enough. That's enough compromise, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, or maybe you need to find more will somewhere. Yeah. You got any final thoughts, Evan? Or do you want to just get started on the Fortnite podcast? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of ideas for <laughs> how we're going to flesh <laughs> okay. this out. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining for another. This could be interesting. <laughs> could have been interesting. <laughs> could what be. happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's Evan Evan dropped the ball and started thinking about Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> dropped the ball. I picked it up. <laughs> Well, that was interesting. If you enjoyed this conversation, consider sharing it with someone else you think might find it interesting. Even better, try to find someone you think might disagree with something here and take some time to listen to their perspective. Try to have a meaningful, good-faith conversation. Practice listening deeply and patiently and speaking clearly and precisely. I think if we can get better at this, we might actually change the world. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>